0: Welcome to the Grow Your Business Podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth, and marketing with business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Jeff Jaravid about the changing nature of digital advertising. Jeff, how are you going today? I'm very well, Saul. How are you? Really good too. Thank you for asking. It's very nice of you. Thank <laughs> <You're> um, <welcome. laughs> Yeah. So um, thanks um, so much for um, for jumping on the podcast today. It's really great to talk to you. I I understand, Jeff. You are the lead engineer at something called Cassie. Is that correct? That is correct. I am the lead engineer at Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you like to um, for everyone listening just give just as a as a first thing that we're talking about, just give everyone a little bit of a um, an outline of of yourself, what Cassie is, her history as as an overview. Sure, um,
0: I guess uh, I'll start with Cassie um, uh, because my history is a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll take a bit of a long time to cover, um, but Cassie is basically a. Um, I guess a digital marketing platform. You know, she's she's uh, an app uh, that allows you to um, essentially advertise on billboards the same way you would typically um, advertise on on Google, on Facebook. So you just all you need is a laptop. Um, you essentially just log into Cassie, pick the billboards that you want, and advertise on there. Um, I think the main, I guess the big thing about Cassie is that she's a a pay per play system. So, um, what that essentially means is that yeah, you only you only pay for what you consume. You only pay for the ads that play. Um, and you know the, the other advantage that comes with that is the ability to you know if you just wanted to target Pekao with a certain message, you can you can pick any billboard, any city you like, um, and just say I want to have um, my my message in Pekao be this, my message at um, nighttime be this, and you, if you find that that campaign or that particular message is not working for you, you can just change it like that. So mm. it's uh, in that sense, it's uh, quite a new um, a new concept because traditionally with billboards, um, it's you know you they're booked in you know one month or uh, booked with a through the lunar cycle. So every every lunar cycle yeah, they, right. they book through book the ads. Um, so it means that you're typically stuck with a message for that duration of time. And we saw this um, happen a lot with some of the companies advertising on billboards, even the digital billboards. Um, during the, when the, the coronavirus uh, started to you know hit Australia, we had messaging that was completely irrelevant, you know, when people were being locked down, but these companies were stuck and locked in with these messages. Right. Um, and that's something, that's one of those areas that, you know, a platform like Cassie, which would allow you to just Flick a switch, or um, yeah, just upload a new, new ad, just like that. It would be you know super useful, um, and that's what we're we're seeing here. That you know that's one of the big advantages is uh, how quick it can be to go
1: from you know just an
0: idea to a campaign.
1: Yeah. Do you think that that's like? I- I would imagine not not really having a lot of experience myself with ever doing any advertising, say, on on billboards, but my assumption has always been that, I mean, sort of what you were saying, that there's a certain, you know, an element of being then locked into something. And given that a lot of people's experience in other forms of advertising is that they've got so much flexibility, Yeah, the idea of Cassie even just on the face of it with you describing it sounds incredibly appealing because it's all about, you know, people's kind of automation, things being quick, things they can do remotely, is like it takes something that has never been like that to a next level. So it yeah. yeah. Is is it a is is it just on on that sort of topic, is there anything else kind of like Cassie out there or was it really like a a world first um, sort of idea?
0: It's it's not definitely not a, a world first. I mean, we've, we've this concept has been sort of uh, pops up every now and then, like <laughs> or it has in the past. It, yes, yeah. there's been a few companies that tried it in the past, but the infrastructure just didn't exist at that time. Yeah, um, I think like there's a because obviously Facebook once Facebook and Google did it. In the next obvious application was, you know, doing it, for, doing it for billboards, doing it for radio, doing it for TV. Um, but the problem is that, you know, even though these digital billboards are just, well, they're, they're the same as your mobile phones. Like, they just screens out in, they just happen to be fixed on the side of the road, right? And, but they don't really work that way. Um, there's a lot more infrastructure that goes in um, and, a lot, and there's a lot of complexity in, in these, in the systems that manage these billboards. That actually wiring them up and connecting them to the internet is a lot more tedious than um, than it should be, mm. uh, if I'm honest. So it's like, uh, you know, each of these media owners, for example, they have to manually upload their screens to, to say, a server or a database that makes them available to the world. And for a lot of the, the media owners, it's a it's it's it, it's it's an expensive task, and I think that's where you know they've had that sticking point, you know, back in. Say, so I think I think the first time it popped up was around the twenty fifteen mark, mm-hmm. um, and I think it, it sort of uh, sort of fizzled out at that point. Um, we had the idea, you know, at around twenty seventeen um, to do this, and then we were just observing, you know, how other people have tried to do it um and we were looking at it and thinking okay why why is it that it hasn't really taken a hold yet Mm -hmm. and it seems to be you know what we're finding now is like is yeah there's just a lot of administrative difficulties with getting the making the screens available and for us you know on the flip side there's also there's that difficulty of getting people aware of the fact that they can buy billboards or get ads on billboards now without that commitment because um, yeah. even there is that, that mental association where you go billboards. Oh no, I need to buy that a month in advance, or yeah, I need to buy a, that's a month right. over it. Uh, and you have to convince people that no, no, we're, we're actually selling it. You know, on a on a real time uh, basis, so you only you know pay for what whenever your ad actually plays. And you know, then as we try and explain that, there's that education that needs to happen, and we we hit another barrier which uh, we didn't expect. But people think that. Okay. So one of the things we do, the way we sell, uh, is, uh, to make it appealing to the media owners, we say that we're going to fill vacancies, uh, because that's one of the things that's happened in, as digital billboards have become a thing they've had, they've had their, um, so you can fit 10 clients per digital billboard, mm. but the media owners don't really have the sales staff to be able to fill all of that, um, all the time. So they've run at, you know, something like a 30 to 50% vacancy uh, that could be filled. Um, so we come in and say, Hey, look, you know, you've got those vacant spaces. We can just automatically fill those for you because, if, um, people come through Cassie, they just want, you know, a little bit of advertising here and there and they want to experiment, play with it, et cetera. Um, and that, um, and that, that, that goes well. But the problem is when we then start to say that to users who come in, they think, "Oh, um, does that mean when you're saying vacancies, am I only going to get an ad at four o'clock in the morning?" You're right. You know, that's one of those those the additional barriers that we hit, and we go, "No, no, you're not. You're not just getting um, uh, time slots in in the middle of the night. You're actually taking up the position of um, one of those ten people in that, um." Who are allocated to that billboard, or allocated to those multiple billboards? So there's a the problem, I guess, for us is that it's 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 still a lot to try and explain this in a simple, you know, easy so to grab way. Un-
1: unlearning, I suppose, isn't it? Like it's 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 a it's a un unlearning. It's an education process, but also then unlearning because, like I was sort of saying before, like my you know even even my Im- impression, like I think most people is kind of the opposite then of what people are used to with pay per click, like on Facebook or, you know, or anywhere, what they're used to with that because they're used to this idea of, you know, they understand that it's, you pay when somebody actually clicks on it, but then taking that similar idea to something where people are looking at it, but then, you know, re-educating around how that actually works. Yeah. I, would. You know, you talking about it kind of makes my head spin a little bit about how how you would have to, you know, it's a process. It's obviously you know for a lot of people it's it would take a while to um, to do it. But I think like certainly the way that you are doing it visually too is um, on on the site is really great. Like it's it's uh, I mean I always have a tendency to um, where appropriate, obviously, to make things. Um, in such a way that they're one, enjoyable, two, they're going to be easy to understand and a little bit fun too, like the idea of of Cassie, which you can then talk about a little bit more, um, is that it's certainly got a bit of a playful nature to it, which is uh, which I really like and I'm sure is, is like hugely appealing to a lot of different people when the first, which I would imagine, and you can sort of, I'd, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on this as to whether you have had have any feedback from people thinking about um, or sort of commenting on um, that you know, sort of helping in either that education process or and the explaining of what it is because it's enjoyable and because it's, you know, and, and the visuals are so good and sort of playful. Um, have you had any feedback from people around that?
0: Yeah, it's been interesting. I think we've had a lot of comments on that. You know, uh, we, everything that we do is on brand in the sense that you know um, all the communications come from Cassie as as a as a, um, a fictional character,
1: yeah,
0: uh, a robot. You know, um, so usually like a social media post are so typically Cassie talking about something or saying the humans are up to this mm-hmm. or up to that. So it it actually is it sets us apart in, um, in a number of ways in that, you know, most of the people in our space are very, very, uh, enterprise oriented companies. Mm. Um, we, we're one of two, um, two companies globally that essentially offer, uh, the ability to just, uh, do the paper play, um, without having to pay a subscription. I think that, you know that puts us in a different category and that almost makes us a consumer level product and I think the ultimate dream for us is to actually become um, that platform that people would go to to say look uh, my my um, uh, partner lives over here uh, and she's near a billboard I might just put up a William Mary message up on that billboard and we, we that's where we really want to go and I think mm. um, all we've had you know is that feedback that um, and it resonates with that idea is, what, uh, is, I guess, what I can say is that, you know, people are saying that uh, it's, she's really uh, relatable. She's, you know, she's, she's fun to deal with and she's, um, she's, got a, she's got personality, which is something that, you know, some of uh, uh, a lot of other companies don't really, really invest in. Um, mm-hmm. So for us, that's been important and it has been recognized. The other aspect is the actual design of the app itself. That's something mm. that has is a huge focus for us is to try and make it user friendly, um, because we don't we don't want to be the app that's used by or exclusive to experts alone. We want to be the app that can be picked up by anyone and just um, you know gone with. Uh, it, it does make life difficult for us in that you know we uh, we can't just introduce <laughs> new features like that. We've got to actually think about you know. How's the user experience? Are people going to be comfortable doing it this way? Are people, uh, what are people saying about this? Um, So, you know, there's, there's, it's been good. It's definitely been rewarding because yeah, people have noticed, people have noticed Cassie, they've noticed, they've noticed the UI, they've noticed, um, yeah, pretty much everything that we've rolled out has been met with uh, positive feedback. Um, mm. There have been a few uh, incidents there would that had some negative feedback. Um, we, we recently sent out, um, well, accidentally sent out uh, emails. Um, uh, it, it was supposed to happen once uh, during, once on the first day of the month. Uh, instead, it happened once every minute on the first day of the month, which it worked really well for an April Fool's joke, but it was actually really embarrassing <laughs> when it did happen so yeah we we've had them we've had a full mix of things go on but yeah well yeah. such
1: a yeah, well, such is the nature of of where a design meets um I mean, your function, i suppose, isn't it yes, you know yeah. when you go yeah, I mean these things always happen i mean i I can imagine uh, like i like as as people like who who are in in your industry too like I don't think it can really be understated in who no matter who the client is who's looking at it the importance of good user interface and good you know user experience you know i don't i don't really believe that yeah i mean there's obviously yeah people who are a little bit um who have more expertise they might understand something that isn't as user friendly but i don't think that's like a reason then not to make a really great mm-hmm. user experience despite that you know that it's not you know i think good design is is important no matter what it is and and your emphasis on that you know, obviously as i'm designers too has been really great um so within what you're doing what's you as the um as the lead engineer what have you actually been doing and, and what do you do on, ongoing within um, the business?
0: Um, a bit of everything, really. But, I mean, like my, my primary role is to build it <laughs> uh, the, yeah. you know, obviously it, uh, as the engineer. Um, but there are, you know, I do help um, with the, the strategy and where we're going, the, the concept as a whole. I think we, we all put our heads together for that. Um, we haven't, we're still a small team. Um, I think that we still behave like a small team and that we all share the, share the burden of, uh, like even, even, um, going out and talking about it and selling and doing all of that, that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of it does, does fall in my lap. Um, I think right now the way we sort of, uh, uh, we sort of split our roles is just by we all do exactly or pretty much roughly the same thing. And then, you know, every, every now and then someone would have a little bit of expertise in a certain area that they then, you know, they, they take that task and go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be in charge of that. So in my case, that's the coding and, you know, putting it online and making sure everything is working. Um, that's my, um, that's my area. Like Taryn, for example, uh, she handles, um, a lot of the uh, blog writing and the content, and she mans our um, uh, Facebook uh, Facebook, and all the social media uh, profiles. So, you know, if ever you see something in, that's written in uh, Cassie speak, it's pretty much always Taryn. <laughs> it's Taryn being so Cassie. She,
1: she is the puppet master. She, she is. The- is.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I on a dime it's it's like
0: quite uncanny really
1: <laughs> yeah well that's right well that's yeah. You know, i think that's a really interesting kind of aspect too because i i love personally i think people also really enjoy finding out in whatever enterprise it is those those little kind of other stories that make up you know something that has been created, it might not be, you know, necessarily a part of the selling of it, because it usually isn't, but it certainly adds a, a real human element to it, which is um which is kind of, I guess, a little bit of a segue in, into the next thing I was I was just going to talk about, which is the idea of, you know, like the topic is about, you know, the changing nature of digital advertising, right? So, you know, where um we've already talked about billboards and where they have been now the majority i mean i haven't I haven't been observant enough to um, go around and see every single billboard and see whether it's digital now but from my general observations, most seem to be now there's still some that are are obviously not digital but given that and given that there's that um, interaction with people in a completely different way you know through them either driving past or walking past or they're um, near a cafe and then those other billboards you see, uh, you see in um, shopping centers, given that plus people's sort of exposure to digital advertising in all forms in terms of um, via you know Google ads and and Facebook that people are so, exposed to it i i just wonder and i really like to hear your your thoughts on this as to whether from your perspective and how you're currently thinking about cassie and given like the current landscape um do you see some point where those all those various kind of avenues um that are already out there plus things like cassie and the avenues that it Advertisers on billboards—that there's a point where all of that becomes far more centralised, like in in one one source, or that they, um, or have you even been, you know, sort of exploring that idea just in your in your creative process?
0: Yeah. Look, I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting question, and you know, only time will I'll really tell where where this whole whole thing goes. Um, I think, for the most part. Um, and for decades, and, I mean, billboards are, I think, the oldest uh, advertising format. I think it's yeah, old, right. They've um, like <laughs> it, been around for four thousand odd years. So <laughs> it, there's, and I think it's only in the last ten years or so that it's started to to really ramp up in terms of changing. Mm. Um, there, there has been one of the issues, I think um is the way we still think about um the formats like billboards. Um they're still heavily sold um on a direct basis. Um so for example you'd you'd have a salesperson go out to uh, a client and then say that you know I've got uh these billboards um would do you want to use them uh for this month something like that. Mm. And a lot of uh, companies have been built around that. So even the media owners, the vast majority of their company is built on sales. So they they have a huge, huge sales team. Um, and the, one of the issues that you know sort of arise out of that is uh, with something like Cassie that poses in a way a massive threat to that way of of uh, selling. Mm. And the that creates a bit of um, sort of fear around what Cassie can do or a platform like Cassie can do in terms of mm. security and all of that. So those sorts of things start coming in, like, you know, the robots are going to take our jobs sort of thing. <laughs> um, and, so, so, you know, whilst, you know, I could say, um, yes, you know, there's going to be in the future, it's going to be like Facebook. You go on to one uh, one platform, you, you you sign in, and all and all the billboards are going to be um, available there. Uh, and uh, billboard owners are, can then focus on uh, building good billboards. Um, they, uh, I'm not sure how that's actually going to pan out. Because um, yeah, there there is a lot of there's a lot of variables in there. Um, I mean, I do I do expect that you know in in the next ten years. That's going to become, you know, very much the case. That's, you know, billboard owners are going to shift from um, being uh, shift from investment in sales to investment in um, technology, while uh, platforms like us just feed ads directly to them. Um, Yeah, it's. I think it's anyone's guess right now as to how how comfortable they are going that way. I mean, I'd say it's definitely going to go that way. It's it's mostly just a question of how long it's going to be before uh, we think you know this is, it's appropriate to start uh, pushing in that direction. Yeah, I mean, right. we don't you we know, we want to coexist with with direct sales. We don't want to replace it. We want um, because we still think there's a there's a place for um, buying campaigns ahead of time. Uh, buying long campaigns and a lot of big brands definitely that's the most suitable way to go because they plan their campaigns months in advance but a lot of smaller businesses that's just not feasible and I think that's where we want to sit and that's where I expect us to sit for a long for a long period of time before uh, the technology becomes overwhelmingly um, the de facto standard of um, buying um, outdoor ads
1: yeah I think you you certainly um i mean like nobody can see the future right so but what we do kind of know like the only thing that i i guess part of that question was also about different observations that i've had to do with say automation and like the the changing nature of digital advertising in many ways is very closely aligned to like the very rapidly changing nature of Automation in CRMs, and then all the the, the very open um, open sort of engagement that most of like the big CRMs have with different marketing platforms, and like all the integrations that they have through their APIs with everything, and that everyone you know realizing, I think that people do want they kind of want the ultimate solution where everything is in one platform, but I don't think I'd be really interested to see what you think, like given what you do as well, whether you think that's, you know, n- never going to happen because personally I'd, I don't think that would ever happen and because it's been tried time and time again. But what has happened though is that there's been really great um, you know, integrations that are around with lots of CRMs and websites and other marketing platforms that integrate with other tools. And there's a lot of different variables in there, like there's hundreds of them. But Mm -hmm. like the fact still is that I don't think the ultimate solution would ever exist because there's too many there's too many variables, you know, to be able to do that.
0: I think what what's been happening recently, I'm not sure how long this has been happening for. Um, we went through a phase where it was only ever the big, like big four or five companies that came up with software tools. Uh, you had you had Google, you had Microsoft, um, IBM often came up with a few things, um, and they were in that sense they were centralized to those four big companies. But what's been happening recently has been we've been having startups that pop up here and there with offering. Um, specialist tools for that do a really good job in one specific thing. Mm. And you have a lot of them for many different tasks. So you, what ends up happening is instead of having a centralized platform that does everything, we've got a distribution of different platforms that do different things really well. And it becomes um, more important for, say, the the service provider, the marketer, and then know all right. I'm going to use this tool because it's my personal preference uh, for doing the outdoor ads. I'm going to use this tool for doing the the uh, the social media ads. I'm going to use this tool for CRM. I'm going to and since these platforms, as you rightly said, have all these APIs and integrations. Happen. Um, they all just seamlessly talk together, talk to each other, and you don't have a need anymore for one platform that does it all. You just have a need for every platform to have an API or yeah. have some way to connect to other platforms.
1: Yeah, then a good um, API too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like a good, um, not, not just an API, but like a good API, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's the key. Um, for people out there who who don't know what an API is, who, who are listening, you know, it's kind of the, um, essentially something that doesn't usually just exist on its own within any any piece of software. It has to be built in order to enable other software to connect with it to access the right information in order to do what it has to do and like a good one will do do that well sort of in in um in in simple terms but yeah i mean i i certainly think just going back to good user interface and good good um good design is i don't know about you but i think apart from really good functionality in your CRMs, in Cassie in MailChimp, in like anything that is connected, I think a really big, big part of people's decision-making process actually comes down to what they like and what feels good to them. And that's just purely from my perspective. Anyway, that's purely designed. That's almost solely a design based kind of decision because there's a lot of Really similar functionality, like you do things in a similar way in a lot of CRms you do it in a similar way you know in various things, so if you really look at it the this, the deciding factor it like one often doesn 't do things that are greatly different from another one obviously cassie 's a really different thing altogether, but still there 's ultimately you 've got you know you log in and you do this and you do that. But how it looks and feels is, I think, really important, you know, to... Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've, I know because,
0: obviously, as a coder, um, I mean, you mentioned APIs and the easy, like, a good API. And I think that also boils down, that's user interface in its own way. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, that you can really easily connect to and not have to think too hard, hard about um, it really factors into the decision-making process. I know um, for us, for example, we we went through multiple ways of trying to host host Cassie. Um, you know, the, the easiest one was a platform called Heroku. Um, that one, and I, and I have not yet found anything that was quite quite as uh, simple. Um, because at the beginning of the project, none of us knew what we were doing. I mean, was just, there's no easy <laughs> way of putting that. We had no idea. Um, and it, Hiroki was so good that you didn't need to
1: know anything to be able to put your app up and have it just work. Um, I, think I've, I think I've had some experience with that, actually. That rings a bell. But in uh, Just, just explain just very, just very briefly what it does. So
0: if you had an app, um, and you say you built, built some code or something like that, yeah. and you wanted to host it, on a on a um, some kind of website, uh, so to speak. Heroku is a, is a platform that you can just upload your code to, and it would automatically handle pretty much making it available online for anyone to use. Um, it is by far the easiest one that I've that I have used yet. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, not to take away from the point we made earlier, but unfortunately, we're not still using Heroku
1: because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though it was so easy, I really wish I was still using it it, it was became... it was great when you were using it
0: <laughs> it still would be it's just uh, oh, yeah yeah. it's just cost prohibitive for us at the moment just because of the way we've structured everything we made yeah, some sure some uninformed decisions in the past that that came back to bite us in terms of cost per use and all of that and if we use Heroku our database costs just skyrockets so <laughs> it um so there is, there are some trade-offs, but you know, for the most part, it, it was just phenomenally um, simple. I remember even cause we are on AWS at the moment using them directly. Hmm. So essentially uses AWS in, in the background, but it just abstracts you from it. So it gives you this really nice user interface. this really easy to understand thing. Yeah. Um, you don't have to deal with what's actually going on in the background uh so we're, now we're it's very area.
1: appealing which is a very appealing idea i think for everyone exactly uh, that
0: uh, that abstraction was perfect for us when we were learning you know we, we didn't know what we were doing and i mean not that i know what i'm doing now but you know we, i spent the last uh, week or so trying to cut down our aws costs and i managed to somehow make it go up <laughs> <It's> <laughs> be, it, it, there is um so I mean, that, that's one thing I can say that AWS is one of those examples of very powerful software, but not very user-friendly software. I've, um, I would
1: I would say I would like echo that very very strongly. Great, but you know you just have to dive in and you've got to keep using it even just just to get your head around how it yeah. all how it all works. Like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily look bad, but it's like a, a rabbit warren. You know, you just <laughs> yeah. like, where's the rabbit? I need to find the rabbit. I have no idea where it yeah, is.
0: It's, yeah, I mean, honestly, trying to find the set, the one setting you need to change, uh, <laughs> this haystack of of just yeah. uh, multiple things that could go wrong, and you're like, I don't know what to touch. I don't know if I broke it from doing this thing or doing that, but it broke. <laughs> and, you know, we go through that quite a lot. Um, but, yeah, look, there's, there's uh, I think, Karaoke is one of the one of the many that have appeared in the last few years because of this problem. Like even as developers, you know, you think you're you think you're 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 good at something when you make the code. Mm. Uh, you think that's the challenging part, but no, the challenging part is actually putting that up online, <laughs> making that code available to be used as an app is actually vastly more difficult than writing the code uh, to start with. So that uh, that's been my experience. Uh, I think. Um, there's a reason why there's actually people whose entire uh, degrees, I think they're, they're called DevOps engineers, uh, mm. who predominantly their entire role is to take your code and put it up in a seamless way. So you just go, I, I've made this thing. Can you just make it available on AWS, please? Because I've got no idea what I'm doing. I know well, I'm breaking it. Well, yeah, but, that's uh,
1: right. I mean, there's only only so much information that people can Get their head around no, their head around no, no matter you know how experienced you are. That that's and I think one of the things like for which has always been our experience too, doing apps and thinking about apps and you know with different scope is that is is constantly reminded that despite the fact that the general impression of development is is kind of straightforward and logical and that you do one thing and that equals another is that it's kind of the complete opposite of that. It's incredibly much, you know, trial and error and mistakes and you don't always realise things until you've done them and then you have to repair them. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the nature of a lot of development given the fact then that, you know, other things that, you're integrating with um, you don't have any control over and you don't necessarily know when those things are going to be changed, but you know, it, it is, I, I completely understand and can appreciate like the fact that, you know, there's, especially given what you're doing, that there's a, a very organic process, you know, that you had to go through. And that's, um, I mean, the, the product at the moment looks, looks fantastic. And it, works really well. I'm sure like it's only, you know, like you said, you're still going through that process. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's never going to end really, you know? No. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's, it's, that's one thing that we, 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 I guess, take for,
0: uh, I wouldn't say necessarily take for granted, but, you know, you, you think you're, you're building an app, you think it's a one-time sort of thing, but programming is not really, a, it's not really, it doesn't really have an end date to it. You, you're always developing. You're always Adding something new or fixing something—there's there's, there's just an endless list of things that go wrong all the time. And you're always just, you know, part of your life as a developer is just putting out fires as they arise. You know, there's yeah, and it, of course, and that's just the nature of
1: what it is. What does um, just on another sort of topic for people listening too, they'll um, uh, we'll get you to give them at the end of the podcast just a, a link and information about Cassie. But where does, um, what, what locations at, at the current time does Cassie actually serve in, you know, Australia-wide and worldwide? Um,
0: for the most part, like most of our inventory is actually overseas. I mean, Australia is still relatively new to the game. Um, we, we have um, inventory um, in all the major cities in Australia. Uh, Melbourne's obviously the most uh, densely packed with screens. Um, well, sorry, I should say the Gold Coast is. Um, so there's a, a lot of, there's a thing like 90 uh, bus shelter screens in the Gold Coast. So every single bus shelter in the Gold Coast that has a digital screen on it, we have access to. Uh, we've got a few, um, six or seven, I think seven screens in Brisbane City. I mm-hmm. think Melbourne has got something like 20. Um, so there's, I think there's a total of 160 screens across Australia with more coming through as more of the media artists get on board. Um, mm-hmm. We just had uh, about uh, three and a half thousand new screens pop up uh, in the United States. Uh, which was right. a fun experience because it, um, it hit our system hard. <laughs> we, we, all, yeah, all, it was an influx of screens and we were like, whoa, where, where did that come from? Um, yeah, so the most um, populated um, uh, country in terms of screens is, is uh, the United States. I think it's followed by um, Dubai, the UAE, um, mm. and then the Netherlands and uh, the... Don't actually know where else I'd have to. I'd have to check the map. There's a few countries um, we've got technically access. uh, So those are the ones that are readily available right now that you can play on um, on Cassie. Um, We've got access. um, So an API integration to about um, another forty thousand across the world um, that you know can be activated uh, as we have, you know, questions and demand for those, for so I mean, sure. if anyone said, you know, I want some screens in the UK, we could make that happen as well. Yeah. Um, we just sort of, uh, we haven't really gone there because we're focusing mostly locally. Um, but you know, if, if anyone had the need to advertise uh, in, in the US or in, in Europe, uh, it, it's definitely a whole lot more, um, Uh, there's there's just a whole lot more screens Uh, we're talking thousands of them over there whereas we're talking maybe hundreds here in australia at the moment
1: yeah because i guess it's still like we've already been talking about it's still a relatively new way for like a lot of people to start using and with that that too what type of have have you got any like current data and information that um about types of industries that have been using Cassie more than others, or has it been, you know, quite, quite broad?
0: Um, Well, at the moment, uh, we don't have enough in the way of uh, data to be able to say for sure, but Mm. um, a hundred percent of the people who've actually used Cassie have never used billboards before. They've come from the digital space. Um, They've, uh, they used to Facebook ads, they used to Google ads, and you know, using Facebook has just been oh yeah, this is sorry, not Facebook. Uh, using Cassie has been a uh, uh, for them, it's like a more user-friendly way of essentially doing Facebook ads, yeah. um, just on, on on billboards. So um, that's yeah, it's been interesting. We've had a couple of um, most of our interest sort of comes from the real estate space, which is which uh, was interesting for us. Um, then we had, you know, another person advertising an app. Um, I think the most recent publicity one that we did was uh, a B two B company that, you know, they, they never really faced the public at all, um, except on their their website, obviously. But um, for them, you know, they used Cassie as a way to thank uh, thank their staff and their customers, and they just did it for the for, oh, I think and the then website.
1: to put it out there for the public to see.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, right. they're the they had was that they did a photo shoot, which and was turned into a video, which went on their social media, it went on a blog post, um, and that's, for them, it wasn't the billboard itself, but what came with it, that was the huge benefit for them. Um, likewise for us, you know, when we, uh, as soon as the, uh, um, uh, I'm not sure you heard, if you heard about the, um, the truck that caught on fire on the gateway. Uh, I did, yeah, yeah. It, it was carrying toilet paper rolls, and um, <laughs> you know, we, it, it was just—it was perfect. It was just the day after I think we, we the news picked up the um, the idea that you know all these all these people were hoarding toilet paper, and we, it was a perfect opportunity for us. We thought, you know what, between two meetings, we just went. We were like, you know, we just put up an, we should just put up an ad or a message on one of these billboards that says, you know. Um, Cassie should have been a toilet paper company. and We'd have made a whole lot more money <laughs> doing doing that instead. Uh, so we went ahead, you know, took five minutes. We, we designed an artwork, put it up. And between meetings, we took some photos of it. And, um, you know, we just ran that ad for, for the day. And it ended up costing us something like 20 bucks. And it was totally worth it for the social media posts that came out of that because we were capitalizing on a trend. We were, and, and you know, we were there capitalizing on the trend before any of the other bigger companies had caught up.
1: Um, in a specific of location too. I mean, I can see just, just even you you talking about that is starting to get my mind kind of crazy racing about really interesting location specific sort of campaigns that you know there's gonna be that you could, you know, integrate with stuff you're doing online. But if you know you know, either there's going to be eyes constantly in a certain area and you're doing other things online, that that integration between um, whatever that messaging is, I mean, like with that particular example, but then specifically in an area, I think there's a kind of a nice, um, I was just imagining that scenario and there's a nice almost, uh, well, maybe not accurate to go so far as to say magical but if you're going past something physically, and then all of a sudden you see something kind of related to something you've seen online, it's um to me that would be um sort of remarkable. It'd <laughs> be kind of like, how could that happen? You know, that it's you know, especially if it's specific to something either about the location and you just happen to be going past. I mean, that's a really that um that gives I think a lot of interesting scope for really great potential creative new ideas, ways of, of handling advertising. Yes, I, I fully
0: agree. I think for us, you know, that's one of the directions where we're trying to go in is to bring mm-hmm. that whole ecosystem because it, it really is an ecosystem of ads or, or advertising or marketing that you're doing. I mean, you don't uh, typically use cas in isolation um, of Facebook and Google and all the other platforms. I mean, mm. the, what we want ultimately is that ease in which you can say, I'm going to create a campaign and I'm going to have it link up with each of these other campaigns that are running. So the message is consistent, you know, it's relevant at the right time. Um, you know, we're still sort of waiting for Facebook to make their um, APIs a little bit more, um, I guess, open. Uh, right now, I think what we've found—I have only briefly researched it—Facebook does try, is trying to keep thing keep their cards close to their chest. They don't want to open it as, as much as we'd like. Um, but I think that you know, in time, if they do, uh, it's it will be extremely powerful with all these these uh, platforms showing up. You know, if you can link up your sales data with your. Uh, I, I, think you can currently do that, say, it um, comes with HubSpot, if you can link that up with your Facebook, um, campaigns, and mm-hmm. uh, you can see you know, who's interacting with it, where they came from, what stage of, uh, li- the life cycle they're in, um, all those sorts of things. But like for us is to, uh, the, that goal is to factor Cassie in there and say, you know, um, these people, uh, were exposed to this Cassie ad, they, you know, they're more likely, um, to therefore interact with your uh, online advertising. You know, you should target them on their phones, or you should target them when they're visiting certain websites. I think that is sort of, that is definitely the direction in which we're, we're going. Um, we just need to make sure that, you know, the APIs are all available to make that, mm. make that a reality. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there is a, a sort of tendency for, for the bigger companies uh, to want to own it all um yeah all yeah that, that's yeah um, 100%. Is but you know there's i think with enough small companies popping up here and then there's going to be enough pressure for them to uh to think hey you know if we do open this up we you know they can benefit too out of that you know and because we're not taking away from facebook advertising we're just making it more effective
1: yeah so no no offers from um facebook yet to buy cassie <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be. I mean, you know, a good idea is a good idea as far as I'm concerned, and that's what all all the big all the big car companies know that too, obviously. But I I think it's absolutely fantastic. But with that in mind too, I'll just as we're as we're wrapping things up, I'll just ask you um, if you wouldn't mind, Jeff, uh, to give us a. A quote, like a relevant quote, or just a quote that you like, um, sort of related to things we've been talking about, or, or like I said, just one that you think is great. Oh,
0: no, well, I don't I really know. Yeah, I, mean, I came up with one just as yeah, as you mentioned <laughs> it before the podcast, and I was like, yeah, well, I'll I'll try and think of something, and I did, I did, I did think of something, and <laughs> it, it is it is relevant. I think what what I want to say is. We always think of um, the digital digital media and traditional media. You know we, we, love, we love billboards being one of them into the traditional media. Um, we think of them as two distinct types types of advertising. I think what we've learned over the last five years or actually last 10 years or so, is that those lines that keep them apart, they're quickly blurring. Um, we're having billboards becoming more and more digital, and now you know, with things like Cassie, they're starting to become more online. Um, so soon enough, there's going to be um, platforms online. You wouldn't even have to get off your phone to manage a campaign across Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, billboards, TV, radio, and have all of it available at your fingertips without ever having to uh, pick up a phone and call any
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's that's certainly, that's already happening with a lot of other things, but I, I think it's, I think it's incredibly interesting. And um, just off the back of that too, could I get you to um, just let everyone know also about what, um, like what the URL of Cassie is, what's the best way to get in contact with you guys?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, you can uh, go to our website, which is cassie.co, dot uh, co. Um, and you can also email me uh, directly uh, at jeff at uh, cassie.co. So Jeff, spelled J-E-F-F, and oh. at cassie.co. Don't forget the two A's because that's the one thing that tripped yeah, everyone the up.
1: Uh, <laughs> Cass, yeah, two A's. So cassie.co. Cass as in sas. Sassy. Yeah, it's like that.
0: But yeah. it actually stands for contextually aware uh, advertising system. Yeah. So that's that's where. Uh, that's where we're aiming to go. So make your advertising more intelligent uh, beyond just uh, uh, picking a billboard or picking a, a mobile phone and advertising to it. It's about you know advertising to the right person at the right time when they're yeah. uh, when they the message. Super,
1: so, super yeah. relevant. Super great idea too. Thanks. Um, thank you so much, Jeff. Like for the um, you know for your time today, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And thank you, sir. No, no, it's uh, my pleasure. So with that in mind, that's actually it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening into our podcast yet again. Uh, Please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for any topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. And thank you again for listening to the Gray Business Podcast, and we'll see you again soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day, and we'll see you next
0: time here at the Grow Your Business podcast.